Hello, everyone. Welcome to the program that gets you and keeps you up to date with your Houston Texans. That would be, of course, Texans All Access, like you heard in the intro. And we are coming to you from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio here at NRG Stadium. I'm Mark Vandermeer, your host tonight, joined by John Harris. Johnny, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, Mark. It's uh, It's been a little while since we have actually even done a segment we didn't do Friday. Right. And Thursday, no. That was Monday. McLean Thursday is McLean. So it's been since Wednesday. Yeah, so it's been almost a week. And here we are after a minicamp practice yes. today. And that was fun to watch. They'll go again tomorrow. Scheduled to do something on Thursday. Who knows what that's going to be. Usually that gets canceled. All right, in the Kubiak But a big era. guy's got to catch a punt. Oh, is that what has to happen? I think that's what has Better to happen. Better not drop it. Better I mean, not- if you've got to rely on one of the big guys to catch the punt, I don't want to rely on that for a day off. No, I know, but if you had to. Yeah. Oh, who are you going to pick? If you had to. Reader. Yeah, I wouldn't want Reader, too. I mean, or Watt if he's healthy. Yeah. I'll take Watt over anybody. Yeah, of course. You know, Mr. America, uh, you know, catching that punt. He's caught touchdown passes before, but Reader's a sensational athlete. I, yeah, I don't think yeah. you can go wrong with Reader. He's a pitcher. I mean, he's got to catch that ball coming back to the mound from the catcher. I mean, Leckler makes Leckler makes it easy. I mean, he gives up. He doesn't hit the, yeah. the skyrocket like he normally hits. He hits the easy one. But that's been the last four years that big guy catches punt, you go home, everybody's right. you know taped up, ready to go, and then they're out of here. So I, I, it's interesting. Teams have taken some different approaches to minicamp. The Packers, I don't know if you saw this, Mark, Mike McCarthy gave 16 vets minicamp off. Ooh, that's so big. Mike Daniels, Aaron Rodgers, players like that giving some young guys a little bit more up. Kubiak did that. I yeah. think maybe not the whole camp. Maybe he did do the whole I camp. I remember him doing that with minicamp. He gave them both day and he ended up giving mm-hmm. them both days off, which I thought that's a pretty that's a that's a darn good idea to get some young guys some reps. Yep. But then again, the flip side of that is you you do that and you don't have the opportunity like today to have DeAndre Hopkins and Kiki QT together. Right. And they can work on the same side of the field together. Which, well, maybe which they've had enough important. of that. You know? Maybe so. I mean, I don't maybe think they've so. had this year enough of that because Watson isn't doing the full team stuff. He's mm-hmm. doing seven on sevens, an individual. He's. I think, and let's start there, Watson's workload, yeah. you know, tomorrow's going to be the last practice in all likelihood. Yeah. Watson's workload during this spring. I mean, I think you have to feel pretty good about the mental reps he's gotten in the full 11-on-11 and then the 7-on-7 and the individual work. He's thrown the ball a bunch, and I think that you have to feel pretty good. Didn't wear the brace today. Bill O'Brien joked after practice, (laughs) I'm not the brace doctor. I didn't even notice. I'm not the brace doctor. Is there a brace oh, doctor? Is that no, Dr. Lowe? I don't know. But I, I thought that, I thought it was funny when J.J. Watt got his doctorate. You know, that was one of the things that, that Bill O'Brien used to say was, oh, ask Dr. <laughs> Clowney. Right. And then, well, you got a doctor. And now and Watt Dr. really Dr. is Watt. a doctor. Uh, I don't want to – how do I say this? Not so much want to play devil's advocate, but to kind of – I to, to build off your point, Mark – this is going to sound really weird. I don't know that doing a lot of team would have really helped Deshaun this OTA system, this OTA, this mini camp. And here's why I say that. I think what they're going to end up running during the season, they will do more of it in in training camp. You follow what I'm saying? I right. think what they're doing now and what they have done now, he got enough of that in seven on seven mm-hmm. that – what they're going to do, or I have a feeling of what they're going to do, because think of the think of the Seattle game, for instance. Just just use that game as an example. Right. 
How much of what we saw in that Seattle game have we seen in OTAs and minicamps? I mean, I've not a ton. My little flippity, flippity flops and dipsy yeah. doodles and not, all those plays, Not a ton. I have not seen a lot of that. But in 7-on-7, seven seven, they've been able to work on the basics of the playbook and yeah. the things that they've been working on, and they've been able to do that in 7-on-7. Seven seven. Now there's been no rush and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know how much he has, in essence, lost, if you will, by not doing any team reps. I think he's done. I think he's done very well to get to seven on seven reps. He ripped a couple of them today. He found Jordan Thomas in the back of the end zone, and he kind of cocked one way and then brought it back and then zipped it. Anybody that said, "Oh, Deshaun Watson's arm," I mean, look at the combine oh. RPMs. He can sling it, man. He can. He's not. He's not Josh Allen, Buffalo, but at least Deshaun knows where it's going. And I mean, I'm telling you, he put it right between the eight and the three. And Jordan Thomas in the back of the end zone. That ball got on him fast. And he, he caught it, and he kind of stood there like, that got here in a hurry. So I, I think not having the reps in team, I think that actually has been a good thing because it's given Brandon Whedon a, a, a good amount of reps. It's given Steven Morris and Joe Webb around, uh, the, the uh, amount of reps that they've needed to be backup quarterbacks. So I think it's actually worked out really, really well. But the no brace, mm-hmm. the first thing I noticed. Sure. We've been watching practice for a while, and DPC we walked up, and I said, did you notice? And she goes, notice what? I was like, look at number four. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, she knew what I was talking about. But it was like one of the first things I noticed that he didn't have the brace on. I thought that's – it's just another It's just another step. Uh, he to was dying to get that thing off. He's I like know. Omar Epps in loving basketball in the final scene, thing. the one-on-one thing. He didn't want that thing. I mean, when he played with it at Clemson in that, that freshman year, he played with the torn ACL mm-hmm. and wore the brace because I think that was the only way that Dabble was going to let him. But then when he came back the following year in 2015, I don't think he wore the brace at all that year that I can remember. Uh, may have worn a sleeve, maybe, but I don't remember him wearing a brace at all. But it's just, look, it's good to, to see him out there doing what he does, throwing a football, uh, and it'll be great getting the training camp. Look, there's one more practice. I, I hold my breath. I, I'm sure you do the same, Mark. Every time he drops a throw, I just hold my breath that – Nobody bump into him. Nobody yeah. get there that shouldn't. Nobody do anything stupid. Let's just get through this and get some work done at the same time and get ready for September 9th in the Patriots. And eventually, here's what's going to happen. He's going to take that first hit. Not mm-hmm. in camp, but in a preseason right, right. game or a regular season game. You know, you hope to keep him clean in a preseason right. game, but there's going to be some contact, oh, yeah. much more than in a oh, yeah. practice situation. So you're just sort of waiting to exhale after that moment, and we'll just wait till it gets here. And you're right. You will. We'll, we'll do that, but it's like <gasps> – is he, is, is he, okay, he's good. Yeah. All right. Very I mean, look, Move if on. he can't survive a little bit, I mean, then he's not going to survive at right. all. But I, exactly. you get it, you know, where we're coming from with this. It's still, to me, such a treat. It feels so special to see him out there. Yeah. Number four is out there. I'm so happy. You know, just seeing him in practice in seven-on-seven, mm-hmm. you feel great about that. Other things about practice. All right, I think we've been talking about the tight ends a lot lately, but it's one of those position groups that's sort of in flux, mm-hmm. right? And one thing I notice is that Jordan Akins looks a lot bigger in person than I thought he was on yeah. draft night. Yep. What is he, 6'4", six, uh, six, 250, right. which is like people listening, like that sounds pretty big to me. But, <laughs> but you got to see him compared to some of these other guys like yeah. Matt Lengel, who will be on the show tonight, by the way, and he's kind of a dark horse at tight end in this position group. Uh, when you look at Jordan Thomas, the, draft, the other draft choice who's huge, Bigger than Aikens, but it's not like Aikens is this svelte, you know, Garrett Graham type receiving tight end. And Garrett was a good receiving tight end, don't get me wrong. But it looks like Aikens can handle some of the blocking as well as the receiving. I know he's not that blocking type F tight end, but the guy can. Well, the F is the 
Receiver, right? The receiver type. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to go Y there. Sorry, I got my letters mixed up. You got F and U and Y. Yeah. And he's probably a U. He's probably he's a U. Like he can Ryan do both. Griffin. Yeah. I mean, he can do both. You're right. We talked about that last night, DB Sitter and I did, about the training camp battles, the positions that are going to be a lot tougher than it seems, and tight end is one of them because they carried three into the season last year. Right. If they carry three into the season this year, then one of two things has happened. Number one, either Ryan Griffin, Steven Anderson has been let go, hurt, hurt, or you're not keeping one of the tight ends, one of the rookie tight ends. Hmm. And I would imagine you're keeping both the rookie tight ends because I'm telling you right now, Jordan Thomas can run, man, at yep. 275 question mark pounds. Yep. He can run. He ran a route today in one-on-ones and got a clean release off the line. And, I mean, he was – I don't know – he. It, it's not barreling. When you think of a guy 275, 280, you think, oh, he barrels. When it, no, he was he was smoothly running his route. And luckily, Curtis Drummond kind of snatched him a little bit in man coverage, or Thomas would have just gone running right by him. But he's I, – I, I, I'd imagine you're going to have to keep four, but if you keep four, then that means Langles on the outside. But Langles looked really good. I yep. think tight end is going to be very, very difficult to try and figure out. Yep. Very difficult. Well, one of the kind of surprise competitive position groups on the team. Now, I guess you shouldn't be that surprised considering they drafted two guys at the position. Yeah. But Griffin, you know he can play. But and think Anderson, about how you, you know he can catch. Yeah. And think about how you felt, though, after CJ retired. Yeah. Remember, we were talking Not about good. it. I was like, wow, man, tight end moves up in the priority. And it did. Mm-hmm. It did. They went out and they got Jordan Akins and then they got Jordan Thompson. So it did. It was a priority for them now we haven't seen those guys in nfl game but i got a feeling just watching them and how they run routes how they get open how they catch the ball they look like they can make the the transition again once you start having contact can they block at the line of scrimmage that's going to be a big x factor in this and we know griff can hold his own and we know what steven's capable of doing not so much in the run game but in in what he's allowed to do as a receiver in this in this offense so where do those guys fit in? Obviously, when they put the pads on, they'll see if they can handle Jadeveon Clowney out on the edge, where they can handle Brent Scarlett out on the edge. Those are going to be those are going to determine whether those guys can get on the field sooner or later. But I'll say this, Mark: the, the overall thought as I, I sat there and watched practice, it got near the end, and Drew walked up and we were talking about a few things, and I said, Drew, remember in 2014, 2015 when we would watch this offense? It was man, we better throw the ball to Hopkins, or we're really not going to move the right, ball at all. Right. Now you watch this offense, Weapons. and it's, it's speed all yeah. over the place. Ellington's here. He wasn't here this time last year. I know. You got Ellington. You know, he catches something underneath. You know he can take it for 10, 20 more yards, if not more. You look at Kiki Q. Snatching Q-T. the ball out of the air, Mark. That's yeah. the thing. When he's going across the middle, he's snatching it two yeah. hands. He's not, like, getting it into his body. He is snatching it yeah. with two hands. He's he's really fun to watch. And he just looks so comfortable in everything he does. And I can imagine his 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 mind is going probably a million miles an hour. But DeAndre Hopkins has really taken a liking to him, and I think that's really going to help him, that DeAndre can help teach him some of the things. Because DeAndre does a lot from the slot too. So, I yeah. mean, that's going to help Kiki along the way. But you just look at the different weapons. And then, of course, Fuller. you got Will Fuller. Yep. I mean, going deep today – uh, and I can't remember who was covering him, but Brandon was able to hold the ball a little bit longer because they're not sacking him. And Will just – that's smooth, easy, explosive speed. They've got weapons in places that – I didn't even know they had places a few years ago. It's a much different-looking team that was than it well was put. a few years ago. They've got places that we didn't even know they had. Right. Never mind weapons in those places. <laughs> we didn't know they had those places. Exactly. Thought it was double tight ends. <laughs> 
<laughs> double, double tight ends and six offensive linemen. No, uh, don't need, don't need to do that anymore. But they, they can if they want to. But just they just don't need to. I mean, they've got weapons wherever. And again, a, a guy that has really stood out. He's gotten a ton of reps at running back is Tremaine Pope. Yeah, I was going to bring him done up. A really, he's done a really nice job. You can tell they like him. He's yeah. one of those guys. You know he's a coach's favorite. He's a pinball. I can imagine when they get the pads on that he just bounces off guys. I I can tell you, having been a defensive player, my last year at Brown, we had a running back that was was 5'5". Five, five. He's a freshman, a little freshman from San Jose, California. And he finally got his shot. And I'll never forget in one practice, I was I, I knew they handed the ball off to him. He got in the scrum, all the big linemen. And I lost him. And before I knew it, he was like a foot away from me. And I right. barely got an arm on him as he just kind of blew past me. I'm like, I didn't even see him. Yeah. And he can he, hide. defenders hate shorter running backs. Yep. Hate it, especially if they're strong, too, because they'll embarrass you. Hey, Maurice Jones-Drew made a yes. career out of that kind of running. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm very interested. That was the other position we talked about. That's going to be another intriguing one to see how it plays out in training camp, too, because – Deontay Foreman, we need to see him come back from the injury yep. and whether he's 100%. And then you've got Lamar Miller. And then you've got Alfred Blue is brought back. But then what about Tyler Irvin, Tremaine Pope, uh, Swanson, and also Coleman? How does that all go together? And how many running backs do you end up keeping? Do you keep three? Do you keep four? Do you keep a fifth if that fifth is Tyler Irvin because he helps you in the receiving game right. and the return game? It's just those two tight end and running back I think are going to be really interesting positions to watch. I think in training camp, once we get there and start doing those radio shows and the two-hour shows in the morning and the one-hour show at night, Watson will dominate the segments, of yeah. course. But the second most dominating position group is going to be the offensive line yeah. because we still, you know, we can talk about where they line up, but they're mixing and matching and doing different things right now. But once they get into pads, that's when we're going to see what really works, what doesn't, what looks good early anyway. Yeah. And that's what Mike Devlin is aching to see because you can't see it right now. Right. I mean, I mean it's got to be tough. 80% of the line is going to be new if you assume that Nick Martin is coming back. And even if Nick, if Nick comes back, maybe plays guard, that's all five positions that end up being different. Uh, wow. Then again, I don't even know who was a starting left tackle last year because it was five different guys along the yeah. way. So, But you could have five different offensive line in front. And again, I've said, I think it's going to be better, mm-hmm. but the key is how how much better. Right. And you know this break gives an opportunity for Martinez Rankin to get himself healthy and get back on the field and show what he can do in pads. And I think Martinez is going to end up playing a role on this, on this team. And yeah. He's got to get up to speed very, very quickly. Now, yeah. he played in the SEC, unlike Julian, who played the Patriot League, so that should get Martinez Rankin ready to go. But he's got to be ready to go. They've got to be able to rely on him early. That's going to be a challenge, and we'll see how they handle that. One quick note here, and it's anything but minor, that the Texans had the Santa Fe high school football team out of practice today. And after practice, the players had a chance to mingle with them, sign some stuff, say hello. I thought that was a really special moment. Yeah, it was very cool to see those guys. And I, I just I think about being a high school kid coming to watch NFL practice, how cool that must be. But then you juxtapose that with what that whole school, that environment, and that football team has has gone through. It's I, I can't even imagine what that yeah. must have been like for them to have a moment where all that they could leave behind and just walk out there and watch practice and be together and then to meet some of their heroes. I think that had to be a really cool day for them. Very cool day, and the Texans have donated $100,000 to the Santa Fe Strong Fund, and Bill O'Brien talked about it for grief counseling and other things. So a uh, nice move by the Texans to – help things out in whatever way they can, possibly Santa Fe strong, and we're thinking about you, Santa Fe. All right, next up, a lot of different things. How about this? 
the 2014 draft class making news again today. How good is it? And what does Tommy Boy have to do with some other news that I don't like? The movie Tommy Boy. I will explain that. It's coming up. Texans All Access. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you together on a Tuesday evening entertaining you. Maybe not entertaining. I don't know. Maybe we're just informing. Maybe we're just keeping you company. Whatever the case is, we appreciate you listening. Great to have you with us from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. And, Johnny, I mentioned the 2014 draft class. Making news again today. Yes. I guess Taylor Lewan out of minicamp for the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, looking for a new contract. Now, he, the Titans did exercise a fifth-year option on him, but we've seen – you know, there was, there's been talk about holdouts throughout the league. Aaron Donald's not in minicamp. Right. He was not in minicamp last year either. And Khalil Mack not at minicamp. And now Taylor Luan not at minicamp. And these guys are all coming from the 2014 draft. And it got me thinking, man, what what a draft right. that was. What a draft that was. Now, it started with J.D., Javion Clowney. Now, picks two, three, and four. Eh, Greg Robinson never panned out as an offensive lineman. Blake Bortles has been up and down. Took a team to the – took a team – he was the quarterback of a team that Thank happened you. to go to the AFC Championship game. But give him credit. He, he stuck with it. He did. And uh, he resigned. I mean, my gosh, this time last year, how many of us thought that Blake Bortles would yeah. still be the mm. Jacksonville quarterback no in 2018? Yet he is. Sammy Watkins was at four. And that hasn't panned out, but the Chiefs are excited about what they can do. I think injuries have played a big part in that, but I get what you're saying. I mean, it hasn't worked out. Here's picks five through 13. Okay. Khalil Mack. Pro Bowler. Yep. Jake Matthews started in the Super Bowl. Number seven, Mike Evans, one of the best young receivers in the league. Yep. Number eight, the Cleveland Browns had two picks. Justin Gilbert, that didn't really work out for them. Number nine, Anthony Barr, Pro Bowl linebacker, Good Vikings. Player. I believe he's holding out as well. And then number 10 was Eric Ebron. Didn't pan out. Now he's a Colt. 11, 12, 13. Taylor Luan, 11, Pro Bowler. Number 12, Odell Beckham Jr., Pro Whoa. Bowler. Aaron Donald, number 13, Pro Bowler. 15, Ryan Shazier. 16, Zach Martin just signed a big deal. 17, C.J. Mosley. 10 of the first 17 picks have gone to the Pro Bowl. How does that compare to other years? In 2012, five of the first 17. And in 2013, three of the top 17. What about 2011, though? That was a good class with Watt. 2011 was was ridiculous. Everybody made the Pro Bowl through the top 16 picks except for those quarterbacks and Nick Fairley. That was it. That's that was it. Strong and fairly could have, would have, should have, should have. I been mean, a lot better. Yeah, he he could have, and then he ran into some health issues, and uh, I don't know if we'll ever see him play again. But well, in twenty eleven, look, twenty eleven sets the standard. Outside mm-hmm. of nineteen eighty three, if you start looking at other draft classes, two thousand eleven has has to, mm-hmm. without a doubt, Cam, and then Vaughn, JJ, Patrick Peterson, Julio Jones. I mean, you're talking the cream of the crop in this yeah. league was in that 2011 draft. A.J. Green, did I say A.J. Green? That 2011 draft was was ridiculous. Yeah, Ryan Kerrigan, who's taken at 16, has been a Pro Bowl uh, outside linebacker for the Redskins. It, it was a ridiculous, ridiculous draft. It, 2011 set the standard. However, the, the, the one thing I think that changes 2014 or is different 2014 and 2011, first of all, you got Cam in that 2011 draft. Right. You didn't get any quarterbacks in any of this. There are no quarterbacks in any of this in 2014. And you had Bortles, you had Bortles, Manziel, 
and Bridgewater drafted in the first round. And those quarterbacks have nothing to do with it. It's Jadeveon, Khalil Mack, Anthony Barr, Aaron Donald, Ryan Shazier, C.J. Mosley. Some of the cream of the crop defensive players in the draft came out of that 2014 draft. Think about this, though. All right, so in the second round, Derek Carr, you mentioned quarterbacks, goes to the Raiders, makes the Pro Bowl. Yep. Devontae Adams goes to the Packers, wide receiver. Mm -hmm. Allen Robinson to the Jaguars, second round. Jarvis Landry to the Dolphins, Pro Bowler. But here's the thing about that class. You have Jimmy Garoppolo, and who knows what he's mm-hmm. going to become. If yep. you had to redraft 2014, Ooh. Carr and Garoppolo are going extremely high, right? Yeah. Bortles is going to get pushed down big time. You know, Clowney's still going top five, in my opinion. For sure. I mean, he, he really is. I mean, he's a tremendous talent. I heard some guys saying, well, he's been a disappointment. Look. I admit the early injury issues were not ideal. Right. But Clowney as a player is such a one-man wrecking machine that I mean, how do you not want him on your football team? Now, yeah. I know Khalil Mack's great. Mike, the, all these players, like you mentioned, they're all terrific. Odell Beckham, how high is he going? Now, he's had injury issues as well. I mean, when he's healthy, he's unbelievable. Yep. But, you know, he's out a lot. The difference, I think, for J.D. versus Khalil Mack versus Aaron Donald is, first of all, Donald is going to do his stuff on the inside, yep. and he's a and he's so unbelievable on the inside. Max doing everything on the outside. JD does it up and down the line of scrimmage. Right, but where JD is, where if you want to say he lags behind anything, he his sack numbers are are lesser than those two. Obviously, right. I mean his Mac, sack numbers are like the defensive end, outside linebacker equivalent of Andre Johnson not scoring touchdowns. Right, right, Clowney right. does everything but yes. that. And he still does that, right? but he still impacts the game in so many different ways. It's not just about the sack numbers, of course, because it's about the TFLs. He's right. right up there among the league leaders the last two years in that category. And then you look at just basic, oh, he's changing the way the offense does things by his mere presence. Right. There's, yeah, no, no doubt. And we got listen, we got to see Aaron Donald up close and personal last year with the Rams. And he, he's, he's as good as advertised. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he needs to get every dollar he's deserved. And I and I heard, I think it was uh, Seth and Mike and Paul on Mad Radio talking about it this morning, and they were talking about those two and and kind of setting the benchmark for those players contractually. And then you got Taylor Luan in there, who's mm-hmm. obviously looking for a deal. But you got these guys all looking for a deal: Donald Beckham, Luan, Barr, Mac, JD. Even though JD has said and Bill O'Brien said a triple threat the other day that he promised he would be there on July 25th, but he's looking for a deal because they've got the one year left. These guys have all been dominant in their own ways, but the NFL has gotten to the top 20. They've gotten to the top 20 in their NFL top 100 player series. JD was at 32. Donald and Mac are still upcoming. Mm-hmm. The fact that you got three of the top 32 players in the league from this 2014 draft. Mike Evans is in that group. That's another right. one that's going to be showing up. Uh, and typically, Odell Beckham Jr. is there. Had he not gotten hurt, he would have been in that mix. To have five of the top 30 players in the league come out of one draft is just is phenomenal. But I'm, as it pertains to clowning the Texans, I'm curious how the market gets set. Who sets the market? Is it Donald? Is it Mac? Is it JD? And then everything right. is based off of that. Because those guys are going to get deals. Taylor Luan is just the most recent one to sit out of minicamp. And he's done, I think, a solid job at tackle. I think he's done a solid job Took at him tackle. a minute. Yeah. To, but it takes a lot of guys a it minute. It did. I, I remember in that uh, 2015 game. 20, mm-hmm. Yeah, 2015 game. Here, he he got abused by Merciless and Watt. 
Those two went back and forth all day on Luan. And you remember after the game, they took away his captaincy. They were like, we're taking away your captaincy. Like, you can't be a captain playing like that. And then the light went on for him late in 15, on it to 16. And 16 and 17, it's been. But where that ends up being, where he, in some sense, has some leverage with the Titans, is Jack Conklin's coming off an ACL tear. Right. So is Conklin going to be ready? You can't go into a season having some issues with Taylor Luan on left tackle and then not knowing exactly whether Jack Conklin's going to well, be there week they're one. they're going to get the deal done. The question is, what's, what's the market here? Because... Bortles has a deal, right? Yeah, Bortles well, has a deal. But once you start looking at Mac and Clowney and Donald, I mean, these guys and those three guys in particular, it's not just where you were drafted. It's what right. have you done for me lately. Exactly. And Clowney the last two years has done a lot for you lately. So now you're looking at what's the value. I don't know what the answer to that question is. I don't know what the numbers are. But I think they're all going to be you know, very well-to-do. Yeah, they are very much so. And I think the one thing that people have to keep in mind with contracts is you're not going to get paid for what you've done. You're going to get paid for what the team thinks of your value moving forward, right? So if they, but if the there's team a little thinks, bit of what you've done because that's the track well, record, tr- right? Exactly. So, but if the team thinks, hey, this is the best we think this guy is going to play, we think right. he is at the, he's on the downside of this thing. Like that was just the apex last year. He's going down. Then there's going to probably be some contentious negotiation. Now I don't think JD at any point is heading on a downward cycle, and neither is Mac and Donald. The question becomes. Just how much more are you going to have with those guys? But that's the thing with the contract. Yes, you don't you don't get a contract because you deserve it. You get a contract because you provide value to the team going forward at a particular rate. And that to me is going to that is going to be most intriguing to watch for those guys uh, this summer as they head into training camp. All right, we mentioned that 2014 draft class, seventh round, top pick in the seventh round was Andre Howe. We brought him up. In the first segment, and we wish Andre the very best as he fights Hodgkin's lymphoma. Now, in that secondary, Johnny, let's spend a few moments on this. Now that we know that Hal is out, yep. you look at the safety position. You look at how they can and might and will handle it. When you have Honey Badger here, Tyron Matthew, who looks really great in practice. Yep. practice, but you know he's an excellent player, so you're not worried about him at all. Justin Reed. I don't know what I'm looking at out there. I do see him making some plays, so that's nice. Yep. He's a rookie from Stanford. That's good. A lot of people are sort of, not people, but I, I've gotten a lot of messages since Friday, since the news broke. Oh, my gosh, I'm really worried. But to me, and I brought this up many times, all right, you're down a man. There's no question, and he's a starter. But we've mentioned this from the get-go. When you go in a nickel, mm-hmm. you're going to be without a Hal right. or a Kareem or whoever they decide to sit because they have so many names back there right now. So, yeah, you just go minus one right now, but you still have – you have Corey Moore coming back from injury. You still have Tyron Matthew. You have the possibility of Kareem playing some safety. You have Justin Reed, who you just drafted. You do have options back there. You should be able to fill the slot. Yeah, no doubt. Filling the slot and making sure that you have the right fit back there are, are obviously two different things, but it's going to be key. I – the, he, they're, on one end, I have this massive worry that when you go to New England, your safeties are going to be Justin Reed, Tyron Matthew, Kareem Jackson, or you know some, some mix of those two on the field at a time, three at a time, whatever the case might be. And none of them, other than Kareem playing a, a few plays at safety in the playoff game a couple years ago, have ever played safety, have never played for this team, and now they've got to face Tom Brady. Like, oh, gosh, yikes. The flip side of that is with Reed and Matthew and Jackson, you're probably, as a whole, more talented than you've been at safety all all told. 
Now, you should be able to get Corey Moore back in training camp, and Corey has faced the Patriots. In fact, he's had some of his better games against the Patriots. Last year, if you could just come up with one interception, that's a different story because it would have been a tough catch. Either way, (laughs) there's not a ton of experience back there at safety in this defense. There is a ton of experience playing football back there, especially with Tyron Matthew and Kareem Jackson. Now it's just a matter of can you get all those pieces coming together. And then then you got Justin Reed, the rookie whose first football game is going to be against Tom Brady. So at that point, it's all downhill from there for him. But I, athletically, I like the mix. I like the mix of guys. I like the different things that they can do, and I like the versatility mix. I like the fact that they can use different guys. If you think about it, we've seen Kareem Jackson rush the quarterback before. We've seen on film, I've seen Aaron Colvin, he did it against the Texans. Aaron Colvin can rush the quarterback. Tyron Matthew can definitely rush the quarterback. And I would imagine that Justin Reed at some point with his size could probably get to the quarterback too. So there's a lot of different disguises and things that you can do with this group of players. And they all have experience rushing the quarterback too Mm -hmm. and making plays. So I think the the different versatility, the mix you can have of the players is, is ultra important. Again, I think overall the play in the secondary comes down to what happens at corner in particular with Kevin Johnson. Because if Kevin's rock solid and J. Joe's healthy, then Aaron Colvin, there's so much you can do with Aaron Colvin. So much. Play him outside, play him inside. I mean, you can do so much with him. But the safeties become very, very interesting to me. Yes, you will miss Andre Howe. There's no question. And I think Andre had become a leader of that defense. So the pick or not, he had become a leader on that defense. Mm. They – they fed off of his fervor and passion, and I played the interview last night that we did with him last year at this time, and we'd ask him a question about being a leader, and he took so much pride in it, just the way he talked about it and the way he held himself. It was, it was really interesting to listen to, but to me, that safety mix is now, it's now different, but I like the mix because of all the different looks that they can show because all those guys can all do very similar things, and it's just a matter of which one do you want to unleash to do a certain thing? Which ones do you want coverage? Which one's going to rush? Which one's going to play in the box? Which one is going to play uh, on diamond nickel? I mean, I just I, I love the mix back there. I loved it from the beginning, but you're right. There were a lot of bodies back there, and unless you could play ADBs at a time, you weren't going to be able to play them all. So I hate the fact, and you've always said, you've always said injuries and other things, whatever you want to call them, they – it's a natural thinning of the herd in some sense, mm-hmm. and I hate that this has happened to Andre Howe. But Drew made a great point, Mark. Last night we were talking about it. He said, "This Justin redrafting Justin Reed, this is exactly why you draft best player available. Right. Because had you reached for a tackle at that point because you needed an offensive lineman, think of, think of the – the hole you're in without a guy like you'd Justin feel pretty Reed. bad. You'd have to go to the street maybe Absolutely. and get a guy and then hope for the best. You know, maybe you pick yeah. up a Bernard Pollard or Eugene Wilson and get lucky. Ooh, but man. Will Demps? I wouldn't want those guys now necessarily. <laughs> Quentin Demps. Uh, I wouldn't want those guys. Well, there was a Will Demps too. I know there was a Will Demps, and he was very well dressed, wasn't he? Like, didn't he win some sort of well dressed honor? So. I can't remember. Yeah. But yeah, Quentin. I mean, you know, look, he's done a lot of great things for this team. Led the team in picks two years ago. The point is this: you don't want to have to do that if you can help it. Right. Anyway, I got a lot more, including but not limited to Tommy Boy and a big NFL story that broke today. And Matt Lengel, tight end, he's going to be on the show. It's all happening on Texans All Access.
Keeping it rolling along here on Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you. And we're hanging out, talking about some of the stories in the NFL today. Now, one of them reminded me of Tommy Boy, Johnny, because there's the scene in Tommy Boy where Tommy makes his first sale. Yeah. And as you remember, Rob Lowe and Bo Derek did not like it at all. He's made one deal, Paul. It's not the end of the world. What would be good for us? We want to sell the factory. They're not going to sell the factory as long as Tommy keeps making sales. And the reason why I bring this up with this little scene is because what would be good for us? Andrew Luck throwing the football is not good for us. Oh, I don't I was, like this at all. I was wondering where you were going to go with the Tommy Boy. That, that was, was really my, good. That was my first thought. That like, was, I relate everything to movie scenes in life. I'm just like that because I'm a yes. media guy. But I'm thinking, Andrew Luck throwing the football, this is not good for us. You're this right. is not good. Now, I like Andrew. I don't wish anything bad to happen to him. But in a pure football context, I don't like this at all. I wanted that week four visit to the Colts to be a get-well game. Yeah. I know you can never say that about the Colts, and I'm the first one to tell you that. Jacoby Brissett twice last year. Thank you very much. But I don't want to face Andrew Luck. Anyway, he's throwing a football. He is throwing football. Now there is a difference between throwing the football and preparing for a season. Mm-hmm. So there is – I'm curious to see what will happen over these five weeks before training camp starts and then how much – in the because, look, once you get to training camp, you've got a couple weeks before the first preseason game. And then before you know it, three and a half weeks later, you're in. You're playing your first game. You're so, in. so we'll see. I, I, I'll. The fact that he's throwing the football in practice, and I saw they they showed the video. He was throwing a couple of swing passes. Look, he hasn't had to drive one. He hasn't had to throw that that deep eighteen yard in route. He hasn't had to do that just yet. We'll see if he's able to do that. But if he is, he is. Look, I still think the Colts roster is a step behind everybody else's in the AFC South. Andrew Luck could do only so much with that roster. And I even think from the last time we saw him, which was 2016, that roster is even uh, is lessened even more. So from that standpoint, hey, good for the Colts, good for Andrew. Um, where I, you know, Look, I'm a, I'm a big Oliver Luck fan and have been an Andrew fan for a while. I just hate the fact that it's the Colts. But you're right. This is not good for us. But then again, it doesn't prove, unlike Tommy Boy <laughs> – now, Chris Farley was able to continue to make sales because he had found the secret sauce. Yep. Andrew Luck, we don't know whether he can continue to do that uh-huh. because we don't know where the arm is. Only he knows. So we'll see. But you're, you are right that Andrew Luck is back throwing. There is video evidence of it, and he's throwing the Duke, apparently. The Duke, which is the, the actual Duke. football, not yep. a Nerf ball or something. Right. Oh, wait a minute. He's throwing Nerf balls. That doesn't count. Oh, my gosh. Help me. Uh, you mentioned this, though. You really think that this roster for the Colts is worse than the one they had in 2016? Yes. That was an 8-8 eight and eight team. I guess yeah. you're right, huh? Yeah, I, I I think it's gotten better. I think with a line that has Ryan Kelly, Quentin Nelson, Anthony Costanzo, I think the line is better. Defensively, look, Malik Hooker's coming off an ACL, and I think he's going to be a really solid safety. But I don't think they're great at corner. I don't think they're great at linebacker. Mm-hmm. And I don't think the front's very good uh, on defense. I think they've got a couple of players – I think the guy they drafted in 2017, Grover Stewart, is going to be an animal for them, and they've got to let him. They got to let him in the lineup a little bit more. But other than that, I, they've got they've got some they've got some room to grow, and this rookie class is really going to have to contribute for them. 
The weird thing is, in 2016, with Andrew Luck at the helm, the Texans swept the Colts. Yep. They beat them here and up there with Brock Osweiler quarterbacking. I know what you're going to say. In 2017, the Texans get swept by the Colts. Jacoby Brissett quarterbacking for the Colts and Tom Savage. And then TJ, did he play in the game up there? I guess he did. Yeah, TJ did. And the Texans get swept by Indy. I'll give you the Colts roster. I'll give you the Texans roster. Which one do you want? Oh, come on. Okay, then. That, that's. I still think this. I think that i got to be careful the way I say this. I wonder if you privately polled the GMs of the Jaguars and Titans. Mm-hmm. Let's leave the Colts out of it for the moment. Roster trade straight up who you, who you like. Now, everybody takes pride in their own picks. Of course. You know, and the Jags are coming off an AFC championship game appearance, and my gosh, you got to feel great about their defense and some of their weapons on offense for sure. But still, when you look at a healthy te- – if you could guarantee full health for the Texans yep. – they're going to be a tough team to beat. We all agree with that. That's the thing. You're not going to get a full guarantee on health, but you're also not going to have last year, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Flip side of that is you're not going to get 100% clean bill of health from the Jaguars all year long either. Yeah. Because that's what they were able to get. So, yeah, they got unbelievably, I hate to use the word lucky, but it is when you keep everybody Abs- off the trainer's Ab- table. Absolutely. And and I, I still think looking at I, – I look at the Titans roster, and there is the only roster in a division where you could tempt me tempt me at all would be the Jaguars mm-hmm. because with the Jaguars for the most part you're talking about young mm-hmm. roster that is going to stick for a while yeah with Ramsey and Boye at corner with Telvin Smith at linebacker with oh yeah the guys I, they've added up front yeah. now Clay Campbell and Malik Jackson aren't going to be long for that place that I think is going to change but Yannick Ngakwe he's mm-hmm. going to get better I do think Dante Fowler I hope that somebody throws a bunch of money at Dante Fowler and gets him out of there which would be kind of nice. So they only have Ngakwe, and you could focus on him a little bit more. But that their their youth, that would be the only consideration. But then I look at Bortles v. Watson. Like, I'll take Watson. Yeah, I think I'll, Watson I'll take, versus I'll, I'll just about that. anybody. I'll All stay right, with that. Johnny, thanks a lot. You got it, Mark. Thank you. That's John Harris. All right, right now, D.P. Sudo and I had a chance to catch up with Texans tight end Matt Lengel. Let's get to know him a little bit. He's going to be in the mix in that very tough position group battle at tight end. Once the Greenbrier time hits in, what, six weeks now, he's been looking good at OTAs. We asked him first about strength and conditioning here with the Houston Texans. Everything I've heard from, you know, Ladd and the nutrition down to Luke and the entire strength staff has just been overhauled. And, you know, I'm really enjoying it and I'm feeling the benefits and the, you know, positive impacts. Of that. For fans that haven't seen you play. Tell us about your game. What do you bring into the table here? Uh, you know, I'm, I hope to bring a, a very uh, physical and, um, you know, positive impact towards the team. You know, I just want to be able to do anything that's asked of me, really. But, you know, there's a – I feel like my game – I've always been asked to be, you know, that blocker. And, that you know, that's what I've kind of been uh, told I was going to be doing is be more of the why. But, you know, really whatever it comes down to, I want to be able to, you know, do whatever the coach is asking me and, mm-hmm. you know, be – on time, be you know better in the weight room, all those good things. Have you always wanted to play tight end, or were you playing a different position, or was there ever a crossroads where it's like, I could do this, or I could do this? Um, well, growing up, I was always uh, a fullback. We ran the wing tee growing up back nice. in high school. So um, growing up, I was a fullback, and then I got too tall. So they're like, all right, we got to stick you somewhere else. So I got on the line, and I was still able to kind of play that physical football that I enjoy playing, and you know the reason why a lot of people start playing football is because it's a physical sport, and uh, I still kind of get to do that, you know, playing playing tight end. And, um, 
you know, like I said, I've just always been in offenses that, you know, blocking is the main thing. And, um, you know, that's just what I enjoy. We've had a little Cleveland Browns reunion in this studio <laughs> with Sammy Coates and Ibrahim Campbell and yeah. you. So you, have you guys talked about the transition? Oh, yeah, sure, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's nice always coming to a team, too, where you have a couple guys that you're familiar with as well. Yeah. And, you know, you've been around and you know how they work and you know, uh, you know who they are. You played for New England as well. So mm-hmm. how does that experience help you coming here with Bill Bryan and all these New England Patriots connections? Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's, you know, always nice having that connection and, uh you know, kind of some teams, you know, some guys from, you know, there, you know, New England and here, uh, they sometimes refer to it as like, uh, you know, the, the, well, they're so similar. Patriot uh, South? Yeah, Patriot South. I'll is say kind it for of, you. We've heard it. <laughs> um, you know, but th- it's their own thing down here, and, and um, I'm, I'm excited to be a part of it, really. Um, you know, it's just a, you know, even growing up, Texas football is, you know, everybody around the world, I even get chills saying it right now, it's just Texas football. <laughs> man. It's, you know, you want to play football, you, you want to go to Texas where the best play, and, uh, you know, that's what I'm excited about. But you're from Pennsylvania. Yes, sir. Which does have some great football tradition itself. It sure does. So I, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to stick up for them, too, as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, that's top five easy in the country of states that are good at football, bar none. <laughs> All right, so you're playing tight end. You mentioned you want to catch the ball a little bit more in addition mm-hmm. to being a blocker. What about the system here with Watson and what they're running? I know it's similar to New England's, but obviously, as you said, they're doing their own thing. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, there, there's some there's some similarities, but you know, there's a lot of differences as well. You know, with all the um, offenses in the NFL, you know, th- there's some things that overlap and some things that are kind of universal in the football world. But um, you know, with this offense, um, you know, with what I've been told, they want me to be able to do, and um, I just like I said, man, I just want to help out any way I can. Yeah. And uh, I don't want to limit myself to, you know, this is what I, you know, I say I, I want to block, but I don't want to just limit myself to that. You know, I want right. to be able to, you know, work on every part of my game and just, you know, continue to be whatever the team needs me to be. How much did you watch the Texans last year? I know, you know, when you're in the league, it's kind of hard to watch other teams sure. and see what they're doing. But how much were you able to watch this offense, Deshaun Watson, and see what they're able to do? Um, honestly, um, not much uh, because – like as you said, you know, when you're somewhere else, you're you're so focused on what what your job is there, and mm-hmm. uh, just like I'll be here, you know, I, I I'm here now, and and my job is to you know absorb everything that the Houston Texans is, and everything you know that I need to know here, and you know, you kind of get a little bit of tunnel vision uh, at least from week to week, you know, when you're learning and studying an opponent. Um, so, truth be told, I, I didn't, you know. Were you in that yeah. game here uh, when Cleveland was here? I was the... not. No, okay. uh-uh. I was uh, inactive for that game. Mm-hmm. So it's just uh, I was getting over an injury last year that I, you know, got during training camp. But um, yeah, I'm here and ready to go now. Ready to rock, Matt. Thanks yes, a lot for Good joining stuff. us. Thank you so much. Texans tight end Matt Langle. All right, that's going to do it for the show tonight. Thank you, John Harris, for being on. Thank you to Matt. Thank you, DP. Have a great night, everyone, and go Texans.